episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can help us keep the show going and getting a ton of exclusive content at patreon.com slash flop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And next week, we'll be covering Champagne. If you'd like to read along with us, be sure to join the discussion in the Discord and submit your six-word summary. Uh, once again, David mispronounces it. It's obviously Champagne. Yes. Of course. Only thing I drink after eating chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> Find a link to the Discord in our episode description and on our website, shonenflop.com. But this week, we're talking about Kako in The False Detective, and we are joined by Marcy. Hi. Marcy, thank you so much for joining us. You might tell the audience a little bit about yourself. I run a video essay YouTube channel called Nesmi VA, where I talk about like video games, anime, stuff like that. And I also voice act sometimes. Oh, that's really cool. What was your, I guess, favorite performance you've done recently? Covered by NDA. <laughs> oh. oh, nice. <laughs> What's your favorite performance recently that's not covered by an NDA? Um, let me think. Uh, I saw the VA. I was going to ask. Yeah. Are you a voice actor from Virginia? <laughs> well, one of those two things. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, recently I actually did some voice clips for an album narration for uh, my friend who makes a comic called Vast Error. I uh, voiced one of the characters on that album narration. So that was fun. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's a that's a complex uh, project you got going there. You got yeah. a comic and then you got a narration of the comic. Okay, interesting. And you know what else is very complicated? What's the that? insane amount of things that this offer made. So let's get into the manga details. Yeah. Manga itself, I would say. Yes. 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 <laughs> so this author's name is uh, Mitsunaga Yasunori. Apparently, he also goes by the pen name Tsunagami, which is an anagram of their family name, which is uh, Mitsunaga, apparently. The notable people that they were an assistant for was Yu Nakahara, who did Last Inning, which I've never heard of, but it's probably a baseball manga. And the author's other works include Princess Resurrection, 2005 to 2013, which had 87 chapters. Wow. Ran in Shonen Serious. Wow. I, yeah, I've never heard of that. And it's about a girl with a chainsaw and the ability to raise the dead and she kills various horror monsters. He also did Cheer Cheer 2008, only one volume for, I guess it ran in Young Animal Island. Wow. Maxi B says that this is flop eligible, but to quote yes. them, who'd even want to? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Damn, savage. It's like that scene from The Simpsons where they're throwing something in the fire and it bounces out and they're like, not even the fire wants it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then there's a Varth from 2015 to 2017, six volumes, 22 chapters, also shown in Sirius, which is a fantasy series where humanity is attacked by monsters and saved by giants who they must worship and rely on. All right. Kind of interesting. The next one is a uh, Isekai Sniper is the female warriors Mofu Mofu pet. OK, uh -huh. from from 2019 to it's still going. Wow. Six plus volumes. With a title like that. Yeah. I imagined it was probably a bit more modern. I mean, it has the word isekai in the title. Yeah. And it is an isekai <laughs> title. It ran in Young King Hours GH. Okay. General Hospital, I guess. With uh, Inomaru, Maxi B says. I guess that's somebody helping. I don't know. But it's about a gun otaku who dies and is reincarnated as a small fluffy thing that gets taken in by a buxom warrior lady and quickly proves himself useful when it turns out firearms exist in this fantasy world for whatever reason. I mean, hey. Oh, yeah. yeah it's no. a fantasy world. Anything 
anything can happen. He casts gun. The next one is Time Stop Hero 2019 to present. Wow, this author's working on two manga at the same time. All right. 12 plus volumes in Shonen series. A guy gets canceled on social media and becomes so blackpilled that he isekais <laughs> into a video game world where he can pause time with a controller and proceeds to be a creep. Wow. Oh, boy. Okay, cool. You know, a lot of the things in this manga starting to make a little more sense. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> starting to be recontextualized. As Max, we know, it's our wonderful manga story, and this author is very, very horny. Mm-hmm. I kind of figured that out on my own, but I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, I figured that out. <laughs> By the way, there's like another like 10 manga in the list Maxi B gave me. And I was like, all right, I need to make this list not take 10 minutes to read. Yeah. yeah, golly. <laughs> so as always, you can find Maxi B's full notes on our patron. So thank you, Maxi B, for creating these. And then, Jordan, how long did this series run for? This series ran from uh, June 5th, 2014 to September 24th, 2015. The series it replaced was Barcelona no Tayo by Yoshiyuki Murakami. The series that replaced it was Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Wow. Yeah, that must be a remake. That's an OG. Wow. By Ryu Fujisaki and Yoshiki Tanaka. It'd be funny if they were just like, fuck, this series sucks. Can we just like rerun that old ass series? Can we just like do something that's guaranteed to be better than this? We've actually read a lot of things that are substantially worse than this manga. We've read a lot of things that are worse than this manga. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, so this ran for 38 <laughs> chapters. It got four volumes. And listener, I would like to give you a little bit of a warning because this manga is not going to give you a warning. Yeah. There's a pretty graphic uh, rape scene, more or less, or attempted rape scene. I just mm -hmm. wanted to give you a heads up because, again, this manga does not give you one at all. Kind of just comes out of nowhere, really. Out of fucking nowhere. I absolutely love the fact that I was reading this manga on my flight to Chicago where I had like a seven-year-old lady sitting next to me. Oh, no. Yeah, I read it while sitting in a coffee shop, so I feel you. At least I was at home. Yeah, at least oh, you there were you go. at home. God. But it's still not too late to hear Jordan's plot summary, so go grab a friend <laughs> and have them just sit by <laughs> you as we read this. Sit by you as you read this. <laughs> sit a while and listen. All right, let's get into it, though. Rokuharu Satoru is an ex-boy genius detective with a secret. He could see ghosts. He often solves murder cases by having the ghosts literally point to their killers with, like, their index fingers. It's pretty funny. And then he works backwards from that. Now, at 17, his family has moved away from their house due to the enemies that he'd made with his great crime solving, leaving him all alone, unable to get himself to stop solving crimes. He just can't do it, David. Can't. <sighs> One day, a police officer named Izumi approaches him to solve the mysterious deaths of several young students, including her sister at an all-girls school. While there, Satoru encounters Kako, a foul-mouthed goddess who looks like a creepy little girl and is trapped in the bathroom after the school was built over her shrine. After a complicated series of events, they determine that the culprit is Hanako, a revengeful spirit. Some Metal Gear-ass naming right there. <laughs> Which, I guess, Revengeful Spirit is kind of self-explanatory. It's what you think. Like, the spirit's just mm. pissed that it's died, and it's angry and revengeful. <laughs> Kako easily purifies the spirit, briefly turning into a normal-looking schoolgirl. She ends up possessing Satoru to help him fight them, and also so she can get out of the goddamn bathroom. Man, I know, I've had those days, you know. The two solve mysteries that aren't relevant to the plot until they realize they can enter each other's memories. Satoru learns that Kako 
Mako's appearance is that of a young girl named Inishi, who she was previously bound to in the 70s until she was murdered in the girl's bathroom. While Kako learns that Satoru can't stop solving crimes because the one time he took a break, a bunch of people died just like in Spider-Man. Popcorn David. <laughs> Satoru and Kaku meet Hishizaki Azusa, the chairman of the girls' school who's possessed by a bound and gagged naked guy. Yep. Oh my god. She has him transferred to the school to solve more murders. How he transfers to an all-girls school, don't worry about it. A Garyu girl named Ginan tries to clump Satoru. God, I haven't heard that word in 15 years. Oh well, yeah. But he's repelled by giant ghost hands protecting her from men. She is thankful for him because he proved her dead brother didn't kill an old man in a motorcycle accident, but was actually the victim of some other guys. They all meet with where the crash occurred to defeat the vengeful spirit, who's a giant. Revengeful, David. Revengeful. It's very important. <laughs> you have to get the nomenclature. Sorry, Metal Gear Revengeful Spirit. <laughs> yes, thank you. Who, much like Jordan, is a giant baby oh, that she's so with the perpetrators. <laughs> also, there's a scene where Ganan's brother's ghost saves her from being raped, which is way more graphic and disturbing you would expect. That and the fact that there's full frontal nudity really threw me off guard. Mm-hmm. Being thrown off guard is a good description. Yeah, meanwhile, Yite <laughs> Lagami shows up with his kill journal, a.k.a. the kill paper. <laughs> or sorry, the uh, murder the murder paper. Yes, yes. Yite dies when a guy writes his name in a diary, which was actually the most 300 IQ thing I saw in this entire series. Thank you. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> oh, I meant the fact that that guy wrote his name in. I thought you were just really proud of your pun. I was. I'm also proud of my pun. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's killer. <laughs> yeah. And steals it from him, but Satru catches him. Izumi's sister is also at the school because they'll offer retcon it so she didn't die, but she has frequent out-of-body experiences where she turns into a ghost and flashes her panties, like, constantly. Also, Satru watches hidden camera footage of his female classmates changing to find out who's been stealing panties. Thanks, Offer. A ship sank, and there's a brain-dead guy with a phone, and on the phone is a photo of a dead diplomat from iCountry, Steve Jobs' native land. Yeah. Satru and Kaku go into his memories and realize he's blind, and the killer's a terrorist with a revengeful spirit who wants to blow up the Japanese government. Yes, I said revengeful because it's just more fun to say that word. It is. They stop him and he's killed by other terrorists. Oh, I hate that. Two terrorists at once. Damn. The sequel. Metal Gear Revengeance 2. Two terrorists. Two terrorists. (laughs) Too fast. Two terrorists. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Popcorn Marcy. Some more students go missing because this is the worst fucking school ever. Holy shit. Don't send your kids here. Oh, and we have a professional VA reading this off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Kako and Satoru discover a World War II era bomb shelter with the skeletons of previously missing students. Why wasn't this place shut down? Good question. Yeah. Next question. The mayor shows up and he's both the descendant of the founders of the school and obviously the killer. Like, obviously. He showed up and I was just like, oh, I bet that guy did it. He was like, yes, he did it. <laughs> he does not have the most trustworthy face. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, well, how many characters did you introduce in this chapter, author? Right. It's gotta be one of them. (laughs) Satoru, Kako, Ginan, and two other girls no one cares about are transported (laughs) into the memories of a revengeful spirit in the bomb shelter where they encounter a samurai dual-wielding shotguns going on a rampage. It's pretty metal. Which actually looks like a character from Metal Gear Revengeance. Actually, yes. His name is (laughs) Double Shotgunman. (laughs) 
<laughs> Turns out they went back in time and saw the mayor's grandpa kill the shotgun samurai while they're all chased by a big scary face. When they get back to the present, Satoru says that the killings were all over a land dispute that ended with the school being built on Kako's shrine. The mayor gets real mad and summons his own revengeful spirit, which is the giant face but it's attached to an even more giant body. Everyone waits for the mayor to get tired and the spirit to get weak and Kako purifies it. Flash forward an unspecified time and Kako's shrine has been rebuilt, with Satoru paying her a visit. The two agree they make a good team. And then it just kind of ends. It just ends. Yeah, this last thing. Also, I do just want to throw in there, uh, I did miss a couple things. For instance, uh, basically with that last one, uh, the mayor also killed Ainishi, who Kako was mm -hmm. had previously been possessing, and it was also over the... I don't know why, actually. Actually, yeah, thinking back on <laughs> I it, know why. I'm not really sure. I don't know why he did that. Why did he do that? Oh, right. Wasn't it something to do with like, you know, oh, she's uh, Kako is bound to this girl. So like, I won't be able to destroy her unless I get rid of. The problem is that as soon as that's over, Kako's like, you can't destroy a god. And it's like, well, why? Well, OK. OK, <laughs> I guess it was just stupid. <laughs> All this was stupid, but we do have to talk about the characters before dive into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Marcy, would you mind telling us about the main character? Yes, Rokuhara Satoru is a former kid detective, now teen detective. He sees ghosts. So basically, like what he tends to do is like show up to crime scenes and he's like, don't worry, officers, I've got this. I have a big smart boy brain and I'm about to solve everything. <laughs> and then a ghost shows up and is like, it's that guy. And he's like, well, it seems it was that guy. It's <laughs> <And> pretty good. <laughs> He just like sort of arrives at the conclusion as soon as he gets there. And then he kind of has to like backtrack through like, OK, how is that true? Must be this. I almost wanted him to actually be an idiot. Me too. Yeah. <sighs> what I do really like is that he's aware that he mostly relies on spirits pointing at things. So he brings around big laser pointers. Yeah, that was really funny. It was great just to figure out ex the exact place that they're pointing. He's like, hold on a second. I have to line this up. He got a specialized tool. I love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish he used it more. Yeah, no, he's also just kind of a kind of a sourpuss. He's got that very sort of deadpan. I don't want to be here right now kind of attitude. Yeah, he's like, I really wish I wasn't solving murders right now. Yeah, he used to be more like little Conan in his childhood days, but then uh, identical to Conan. <laughs> Yeah, which was on purpose. Except then his parents abandoned him for being too good at mystery. Literally, they were just like... <laughs> Listen, Jordan, the characters aren't just going to write themselves out. <laughs> what shitty parents. It was so funny. They were like, we're making enemies because of your investigations. Won't you please give up on solving murders? And he's like, OK, I guess. And then the one day he doesn't solve a murder, people die. And so then he's like, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I have to keep solving murders. And they're like, well, OK, your choice, nine year old child. Guess we're leaving you forever. Yeah, you're on your own. Yeah. This is so random, but I feel like there's like a meme about how celebrities don't bathe regularly. And when he said he doesn't regularly bathe, that's like, I was like, OK, that tracks because he's famous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his house is a fucking mess. Oh, yeah. Literally, Kako, who I guess we can dive into, she genuinely says, you live like this. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. She's like, holy shit, you live like this? I mean, Kako is unquestionably the best character in this entire series. Kako's so oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> 
I really like Kako. She's so good. So let's dive into her. She also was in love with a girl kind of. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to be platonic or not. I assume probably it was like a platonic love, but you know, that's not as fun. And she just takes this girl's appearance. There are moments across this manga that are played for emotional beats, but like that was one of the few that I was like, oh, that's actually kind of sad. Like that gets to me a little bit. Yeah, I really like how um, Kako is kind of obsessed with watching TV. And Mm -hmm. we learn that like in the 70s when she would hang out with this girl, they would just watch TV all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was sweet. Good writing how that was some good like character development for her. I mean, she's really the only character that you feel like really was fleshed out in terms of personality. That's kind of what I think, too. You see her trajectory. She's also a god if we didn't mention that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's just important detail needing to drop. I like her and Satoru's chemistry, actually. Mm-hmm. They work well together. They they like each other. They're friends. It's cool. And uh, but yeah, Kako is just kind of extremely foul mouthed. She's constantly just making fun of everybody because she knows that they can't see or hear her. And she's just like just like insulting everyone. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I was kind of disappointed there wasn't a scene where she helps him cheat by just like looking at people's answers and telling him. <laughs> well, he, he probably would have been like, stop it. But that's a great way to show the contrast of the character personalities, right? I have to succeed by my own merit. Leave me alone. Why didn't he just have her wait and see if the panty thief was going to show up? Oh, And then he wouldn't have had to peek in the girl's bathroom. I don't know how far away she could go. Oh, well, because the author wanted him to. <laughs> she can go pretty far from him. She was literally like watching TV in the living room. He could at least be against the door. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. You know, there's a few things that this author didn't think about, I think. I think what he was thinking about in that moment was, how do I get Satoru to look at naked women? I was more, how do I get the reader to look at naked women? What, yeah, true. Oh, you say naked women. I'm sorry. No, I think you mean naked girls. Yeah, we should clarify. These are high schoolers. I mean, they all had their IDs out showing that their 18th birthday was the day before. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then to move on to the next character, Jordan, can you tell us about the cop woman? Sawazumi Izumi, a.k.a. Miss Policeman, works for the police. She is at the police. That's most of her character. Um, Yeah. I do like um, she is the one who approaches Satoru and Kako. She doesn't really do too much. She's kind of just there. Although I do like one moment where we see her sister goes into an out of body experience uh, and we see Izumi just passed out on the fucking Mm. couch, just like wasted. I did think that was like a cute sort of moment of characterization where it's like, oh, we actually get to see that she has like a personality. She's Masato. She's definitely goblin mode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She just doesn't show it often enough. No, she's at work. Hey, man, when she's at fucking work, she's at work. All right. Oh, God. Yeah, there's not much else. She also kind of acts without permission, which, you know, she's a rogue cop, which they kind of forget about. Yeah. Then she becomes very bland. And then she has a sister. Marcy, would you mind telling us about her? Yeah. Uh, Misaki, uh, she also sees ghosts because towards the beginning of the series, there's like that whole thing with Hanako. And apparently they sort of explain this as like she had this experience with Hanako. So now she has these residual effects of being able to see ghosts because she's more in touch with like spiritual matters now you know she's a smart girl she isn't like her sister she's not messy and most of what she ends up doing in the latter part of this manga is she shows up to a place uh, she passes out and astral projects out of her body so that she can see things conveniently to tell Satoru about that are related to the plot and uh, float high enough for the author to draw a panty shot 
Not even subtle. It gets to the point where it just feels like a joke. Mm -hmm. It's to the point where I'm like, who's this character? Oh, panties. Okay, I know who that is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, who else would it be? It's an identifier after a certain point. There's literally a girl who dies with her panties out. Oh, God, yeah. Disappears, and then they go and find her spirit, and she's just, like, lodged into the bomb shelter with her ass in the air. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? It's like her legs hanging out. It's literally the pose of getting caught in a fucking washing machine. Big brother, I'm stuck. It's literally that. What it reminded me of is that, you know, the the Winnie the Pooh short where he gets stuck in the hole. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man. Yes, I remember that one. Oh, man. There's probably a bunch of porn parodies of that. I'm not going to think about that anymore. (laughs) Oh, and you know who loves porn parodies? This author. This author? Yeah. In the chairwoman of the school. Oh, that's true. True. Real quick, though, uh, about Misaki, she was definitely dead in the first chapter, right? Like, the author retconned it really obviously, right? Like, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. (laughs) But we have Azusa Hishizaki, who is the chairwoman of the girls' school, and I've never seen this before. It was physically painful to look at her original design. (laughs) So the author does the lazy pattern where he literally just puts a texture over characters to show, like, a clothing pattern. It looks terrible every time he does it. But this was, like, actually gave me headaches to look at her pattern. Oh, wow. Do you folks disagree? Like, I thought it was physically hard to look at her. I mean, I didn't think it looked great. Like, it didn't hurt me the way that it mm-hmm. hurt you, but I, I agree it wasn't great. Yeah, it, I mean, it didn't look good, but it didn't hurt my eyes. Maybe it was because I was on a phone, so it was a little closer. And like, Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. Maybe you just got sensitive eyes to patterns, David. I do. I've got special eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Special <laughs> eyes. My brand. All right. But yeah, so she's a dummy mommy. Yep. And then she's kind of crazy. She has this whole backstory with the mayor, blah, blah, blah. She was supposed to be the big bad. And then author kind of didn't feel like making her the big bad. Or, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, that was so weird. Like the moment we meet her for the first time, she's like super mysterious and like foreboding. And she has this spirit attached to her who is like a guy who's literally like naked with his arms bound behind his back and like a blindfolding gag. Like super BDSM looking guy. Yeah, like as soon as we met her, I was like, she's going to be a villain at some point. And then at the end, she's just kind of there. She's like, yeah. oh, I, I didn't know about all this. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> like, Honestly, the final uh, the final case is so convoluted. I don't know if she was implicated or not. I don't know if she was one of the villains. It was kind of implying she was that her ancestors were or they got screwed over by the other family. It's very confusing. Yeah, I think it was leaning toward the latter, but I could have been wrong, too. And then just some naked dude was protecting her. Yeah, like I think they offhandedly said something about like him having a grudge against the mayor, question mark. But I don't remember. And also, I, they never explained why. I feel like if I were to go back in, there'd be like one tiny one off line mm-hmm. that kind of explains it. But I don't want to go back. We're not rereading this in our 73rd year anniversary. <laughs> Okay, and then, uh, Jordan, can you tell us about the, I guess, last female main character? Actually, there's a lot of female main characters. This was kind of like a harem. Kaka points it out at one point. She literally says, ah, the harem is building. Mm Mm-hmm. She's just the best character. Easily the best character. Can you tell us about the Miss, uh, I want to say the ab lady, because that's really what the author focuses on a lot. Yeah. 
<laughs> Yang from Ruby. She does look like that that one character from Ruby. She does. So she is uh, Yajima Ginan. So her brother was a motorcycle gang member who died in an accident that was set up to cover up for another group's accidental murder of a guy on a motorcycle. Blah, blah, blah. She's protected by the spirit of her brother and his giant hands, which David, didn't did this remind you of the Nika Wapa girl? <laughs> we, like, yeah, it did. The same thing happened in the last fucking series, we right? Read, where there's these giant ass hands protecting this girl. But basically, the hands just repel all men, which I actually thought was really funny because it was like this big tough guy, even in death. He's like, yo, stay away from my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you guys, stay away from my fucking sister. You gotta love those Japanese Italians. When she runs towards men, like, the hands instinctively clear the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, hey, keep away from my sister. She'd do great at conventions. <laughs> yeah, actually. She also very clearly has a crush on, uh, on Satoru. Yeah. David says that she's a Sundary. No, she's not. She, like, barely hides it. Yeah. I mean, the first thing she does is she, like, tries to glomp him. <sighs> Fine. <laughs> All right, let's get into why I failed. So, Jordan, as the least clomped person in the chat, what would you say are some things that really likewise were failures with this series? Oh, David, I get glomped all the time. But no. He's getting glomped right now. <laughs> I'm glomping you right now. Turn around. Ah! Oh, it's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> Ravioli just dramatically looked at me when I turned. Yeah, so this series is extremely inconsistent. Like, there are moments here mm -hmm. that I enjoyed, actually. Like, as soon as I was getting into it, something happened where I was just like, oh, that's dumb, or oh, that's uh, confusing, or oh, that's a naked child, or oh, yeah. that's uh, <laughs> horrible. All right. It jumps around a lot. It's hard to say like what individually is bringing it down because it really is a death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, there are some pretty things where you just flat are like, this is really bad. Yeah, I, I would say the cases are very confusing a lot of the time. And the main character cheats solving it, so I don't know why they had to be so complicated. Yeah, except he still jumps to massive logic. Like he still has these huge ass pulls. Mm -hmm. like, that was actually one of my first like big notes when I was reading through the early parts of this manga was like I likened it in my mind to like BBC Sherlock, where instead of giving you a bunch of like clues to build up to a natural conclusion and sort of have the reader follow along, he just kind of goes off page for a second and is like, yeah, I did a Google search and I found like five guys that I've never told you about before. And this is actually how it relates to the case. And it's like, oh, OK. Yeah, that's the thing. This series kind of wants to be more like an X-Files series, and it's not. Like, basically just the mysteries themselves are not handled very well, which is a problem in a mystery For manga. a mystery series. Yeah, <laughs> a good mystery series is you should have been like, oh, fuck, why didn't I think of that when they give every single reveal at the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give you an example. Like, with the whole motorcycle murder case or whatever, like... That was so confusing. It was extremely confusing. I honestly didn't try to understand anything. I was just reading it and not making the lady <laughs> sitting next to me on my flight think I was a weirdo for reading this manga next to her. I'll just give you like some of the things like, first of all, they accidentally killed an old, kill an old guy. And they're like, well, we got to kill another guy to cover this up. And I'm like, why? What? You're in the <laughs> mountains. Just fucking toss him over into the fucking forest. Barrel eat him. 
And then they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't, it's bad to carelessly dispose of a body. Well, then just carefully dispose of him in the forest. What the fuck? You know what else is bad is murdering someone. Yes, you're adding another murder. Killing the witness that saw you jaywalking. Yeah, basically. But also the way that they hide the murder involves the body temperature of the corpses. Because I guess they knew that whoever was going to check this out was going to be a brain genius that checked the body temperatures to make sure. So they changed the temperatures, but they were off just by a little bit. And apparently that is such an exact science that Satoru immediately knew, oh, well, clearly some guy's took them and then put this guy in a fridge and they tied this guy to a hot engine to heat up and cool down the different bodies so that they're like the same temperature and i'm just like what the fuck is happening right now oh and remember too part of the reason why he thinks of this in the first place is because ginan uh who is a child at the time points out that her brother was wearing his special heated underwear and is no longer wearing it I got confused there because it was like there was there were a couple moments where I was like, did she mean like underwear? Did she mean like a long john kind of underwear? Like it's I was, a, it's a special underwear the Mormons wear. Dum, 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 uh, dum. <laughs> yeah, but it was like, did they take his temperature at his dick? Like what the fuck? <laughs> it's a rectal thermometer for a reason, Jordan. That's a good point. Yeah, and then I also feel like the series doesn't have any normal cases. Like, chapter two really disappointed me where they instantly go into, oh, we're going to have demons or evil spirits behind every single crime he solves. Right. So it's like, you're not going to do anything fun with this premise. You're going into the stupid thing, which there wasn't even like an overarching plot for like 90% of the series, which is why people read these is to get like breadcrumbs of like a larger plot, Mm -hmm. you know, and and there's nothing like he had to retcon a bunch of stuff and invent stuff because he was like, oh, I never set up anything with this premise. And none of these cases are interesting enough to be monster of the week. Yeah, like very early on, he does the flashback with Kako, which was like the one part that I thought was like genuinely kind of interesting. And then that plot line just kind of disappears until the end. Also, uh, I feel like there's an elephant in the room we're not talking about, which is this author gets like super fucking horny. Yeah, it's weird because like most of this manga, I would say like 80 percent of it, not horny. But then the 20 percent is just extremely horny. Like it's not cohesive. It's just like an on off switch. Like we're not horny now. Now we're horny. Right. 20 percent of the time, the manga is horny 100 percent of the time. Yes. It it kind of did like a weird wave thing for me where it's like at the beginning of the manga, I felt like the mystery qualities weren't really working very well, but at least it wasn't weird and horny. And then as it went on, it got weirder and hornier, but the mysteries kind of got a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like when it isn't horny, it's not horny for long enough that you start to forget the manga is horny and then it gets horny again. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe this is the first one we've ever read that just had full frontal female nudity. Yeah, that was really unexpected. Yeah, they drew nipples. They dodged around it for a while, so I thought that maybe they wouldn't do that. But then bam, just straight up. Just titties. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we also haven't even got into like this art. It's like I think the art is the quality of this manga where it's just like it's not insultingly bad, but it's so aggressively mediocre. Like there are all these little Mm -hmm. things he could have done to have made it actually decent. Like the proportions he could have fixed. He could have been not as blatantly lazy with the texturing of the clothing. David, 
I think this guy is trying as hard as he can. God, that's so sad. <laughs> I, I don't think this is laziness. I don't. I just don't think this guy is that great. Texturing is that's a hundred percent a shortcut. Yeah, but I mean, hey, when you're spending, when you're working really hard on everything else, even though you're not very good, I mean, hey. Yeah, you could also just not use those textures. Also true. Yeah, you could also just get a different artist. Yeah. So mean. <laughs> also, we haven't dived into the Death Note plot. The Death that, Note plot is so yeah, that was ridiculous. funny. That was oh my so God. funny. Like, here's the thing. It is so blatant that I can't even call it a ripoff because the author basically wants you to know that it's Light Yagami. Yeah. It's not hidden. He may as well just go up to you and be like, all right, now my character faces Light Yagami. Right. It's like Godzilla versus King Kong, but they legally couldn't call him King Kong. Like, that kind of thing. You know what would have been hilarious is if the character was like, oh, this is just like Death Note, but the, like, the word Death Note is like censored every time someone says it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're bleepy, bleepy. The thing that was so interesting about the Death Note parody is when it first arrived, I was like, oh, OK, they're going to do like a little Death Note parody for a couple chapters. It goes for a while. I think he genuinely thought that was going to be the overarching plot of the manga. And then someone was like, you can't make the main crux of your manga a ripoff slash parody of Death Note. <laughs> kind of one of the best parts of the manga. <laughs> it was the best part. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it had the best ending. Should we dive into the positives? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So, Marcy, as we already started talking about some positives, what really stood out to you as something you actually liked about this series? I will say, and this is one of the notes here, I, I do agree that some of the ghost designs were actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, as mixed as the art could be at times, um, a lot of the, like, revengeful spirits, quote unquote, I thought looked pretty interesting. Um, the baby was really fun. Mm -hmm. And I have to admit also the face that appears in the last arc. Every time that thing showed up, I was like, that looks really good. The faces were a lot of the times genuinely creepy, even if a lot of the times it was kind of the exact same face. He had one good idea and he made sure to use it. He ran with it. He can draw one thing, but he can draw it. I also like Kako's design. She's got a good design. Me too. I mentioned this when we were talking about it before, but uh, her default face is a very like flowy Undertale looking kind of face, which I really enjoy. There's one little scene where like she's at his house and he's sleeping and she just shows up and she's wearing like pajamas and she's got like a, a big pillow and talking to him. And it was like, oh, that's cute. Yeah. I don't know why she needs to sleep, but it was cute. <laughs> yeah, actually, like just speaking on positives in general, like Kako is one of the big positives of this manga, in my opinion. Kako is great. Like, I'm glad that everybody here agrees that Kako's great. I was a little worried. Like, am I weird for thinking she's... No, she's great. She's so funny. Far and away the best part of this manga. Very easy to just say that. I do think, though, that the single best scene in this manga is still when the guy tries to give him the death note and he <laughs> writes Light's name in it and kills him. Yeah. I still think that was my favorite part of this whole series. You're missing part of it, which is the guy, the Light, I'm sorry, Yite, gives this guy the death note. So the whole thing is like he can't write the names in the death note because if you personally use a ghost to kill people directly, it will eventually take you over. So he has other people mm -hmm. write the names in it. So he He's trying to get this guy to write a name that nobody to write the name of somebody who uh, previously wrote a name in there. And then some guy just walks up, sees Light Yagami. He's like, <laughs> yo, dude, he calls him by his name. He's like, hey, 
hey man, I haven't seen you in a while. How you doing? And then the other guy's like, oh shit, that's your name? And he just writes his name really quick. It's so funny. The guy just casually walks up like, <laughs> oh man, you know, we should grab a bite to eat sometime. It's been a while, man. And the thing that's really funny to me too is you can see like that flicker of a moment where he's like, shit. Yeah. I fucked up. I did not expect somebody to do that. And he turns to the guy and he's like, you must be mistaken. Like you're thinking of somebody else. And he's like, no, it's specifically you. First name, last name. Who I definitely met at one point. (laughs) Imagine if it was like he had dropped his wallet and the guy just returned it to him. And just fully read off his legal name on his driver's license. Address at this location. Social security number. It's so good. I also did like the justification for why it works because it actually isn't like, unlike the death note, like it actually Mm. isn't the notebook that kills people. The notebook just tells the revengeful spirits who to kill next. That was actually a little funny. They like, they're talking about how the notebook works and then Satoru is like, yeah, of course it's a spirit doing it. It can't be a supernatural notebook. That's really fucking stupid (laughs) yeah who would read a story about that yeah it's dumb like what (laughs) i also like how it takes a few days because the spirit has to like go find the person Mm -hmm. oh and he has to like sort of be nearby too yeah i also thought something unrelated to that i also liked how there's actually they talk a little bit of it they don't do much of it but the repercussions of like you're this boy detective sending a lot of people to jail what Mm -hmm. happens like if they get out of jail or their connections to people that aren't in jail like that must put a massive target for a bunch of criminals that want to get revenge on you oh yeah no it it definitely seemed like that was going to happen if the uh series kept going Mm -hmm. yeah and then the offer did nothing with that idea there's one thing sort of similar to that that I wanted to bring up too that I thought would have, was like kind of an interesting note when it happened and I wish it went somewhere. But there's this part later on in the manga where there's this lady, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but like she's like the government woman with the glasses. Yeah, yeah the short one or the one with the giant boobs both of them i guess uh but yeah she has the assistant who is like a tiny little girl and she can also see ghosts and there's this part where satoru is sort of like in the hospital after this big death note thing and she's standing in there talking to him and she's like i'm gonna be honest i don't really like your methods you know your plan depended on waiting for somebody to die to get what you needed proof wise and i think that if you have these abilities it's your responsibility to step in and do something before it goes to that point point." Mm-hmm. and it like kind of screws with him a little bit. I thought that was actually a really good moment, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't really go anywhere. I think, though, that might be a good segue into where it could have gone. I honestly was excited about the series when I read it at first because I thought this was going to be like, oh, what happens when, you know, Conan grows up and, you know, has to be an adult and deal with like, what's it like being a former boy detective? And like, because he can't be a boy detective forever, despite him doing it for 25 years. But you know what I mean? And then it just doesn't do anything. I mean, right. the series actually has quite a few interesting ideas and then it just doesn't do anything with them because like, maybe the offer was too difficult to write about them. More so than like most series I can remember reading uh, is the series vacillates between being good and bad very quickly. Mm-hmm. I know we just got out of what it did well. Take a shot. This is one of the uh, things on the uh, on the uh, drinking game we talked about where I just talk about a different thing because I just remembered it. This series has some really good atmosphere. Definitely has an atmosphere where it's like this dark, rainy, dour kind of place, at least for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. It could have been uh, got, done more with the boy genius thing. I think it would have been better if the author just leaned into it being like a supernatural mystery thing where it was more like more X-Files than uh, Sherlock Holmes, you know? Yeah, I agree with that because it kind of felt like it wanted to be both too much. And so like it it just the weaknesses compounded. 
Alternatively, maybe the author could have just gotten better at writing mysteries. No, that's really hard, though. That's really hard. <laughs> it is genuinely hard. Like I'm not. Yeah, no. Good writing is hard, Jordan Forbes. It legitimately is. And then, Marcy, was there any other places that you think the series could have gone that would have excited you? There were a lot of things, like a lot of little directions it kept going in where I thought like, oh, well, if he keeps going in this direction, that could be kind of interesting. And then it either like drops these things or resolves them in like a chapter or two very anticlimactically. But what I kind of started to notice as it went on was like it had all of these little disparate ideas, right? It's like, OK, at the beginning, it's like, oh, he can see dead people so he can solve mysteries that way. That's kind of interesting. Then he's meeting other possessed people. OK, that individually is kind of interesting. And then... We had like the out of body experiences uh, thing. We had the investigating people's memories thing. All of these seemed like little soft idea pitches of like, maybe we could take it in this direction. Do you guys like this? But when those things all started to kind of come together towards the end, when they all started being mixed together more often, I was like, I'm kind of starting to maybe see where the formula is like happening right now. But by that time, I think it was just too late. Like yeah. you had the elements, but you took too long to get to them so mm -hmm. now you you don't have more of it <laughs> one of my favorite things in like this whole series was actually during the period where they were in the ship and um mm -hmm. they're seeing like these zombies attack yeah it's like these zombies are attacking him but he says no these are the memories this is what this seemed like to the guy who was killed mm -hmm. and also he was blind so this is just what it felt like here and i thought that was so cool where it was like yeah you're in their memories it's not going to be a perfect re recreation. Mm -hmm. I thought that was like a really interesting way to depict that. Like, I mean, at first I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like zombies? Are we yeah. doing this? But then when they actually got to the explanation, I was like, oh, that's like kind of clever, actually. Yeah. And he he had previously toured the place. So he like apparently was getting mixed up with his memories. Like mm -hmm. his mind literally projected Night of the Living Dead zombies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it is nice how whenever he dies in the simulation, he's like, this isn't real. Yeah. Yeah, he has to keep telling himself it's not real because he's like, don't worry, I won't die as long as I keep myself grounded with the knowledge that I like that this isn't real. Um, and so he has to keep repeating this to like people who get dragged in because they don't know yet. Yeah, that's so horrific. If you don't know, you just die being torn apart. And he's like, ah, it's not a big deal. And they're like, what? Yeah, because uh, Panty Thief Girl like kind of dies in the dream and then her friend runs off before anybody can find her. And she's like fully convinced that her friend's just like been murdered. Yeah. Does Penny Thief Girl actually die or was I just confused by what was going on? She should have died, but I don't think she did. Yeah, like she dies in the in the memory space, but she's she's OK at the end. Because there was that Inception shit where he got like five layers deep and then I, I couldn't keep track of what. And he actually went back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Yeah, because they kept like <laughs> they kept acting like they were going back. And then uh, Satoru was like, oh, wait a second. I'm still dreaming. Yeah. And then he steals the thing from Jojo part three, where he writes in his arm in the dream and engraves it in his arm in real life. Yeah. Stand baby. There's literally a part earlier in the manga, too, where I forget what exactly happens. But like, I think Kako, it's either Kako or Satoru himself who literally says, yo, that's just like Jojo. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I wanted to talk about then the miscellaneous thought section. So should we dive into that? Yeah. 
Jordan's very excited. So Jordan, continue. You were saying, I'm sure Jordan loves talking about JoJo, so go for it. Yeah, I love it. Unlike you, who hates JoJo and hates talking about it. But anyway, (laughs) there's like one or two other like references to JoJo in this series. Like the one I remember was um, Ginan says Aura and then starts Mm -hmm. doing the JoJo like like the stand rush thing where she just starts punching a dude over and over again. Her brother is Star Platinum if Star Platinum was a biker gang member. There is something that was very on the nose. Let me if I can find the panel. He's basically her stand. Yeah, literally. When the two ghosts are fighting, the big boob glasses lady says they're just standing there. Menacingly. <laughs> During the stand fight, I was like, that had to have been on purpose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It actually kind of reminded me of like that shot of uh, Jotaro and Dio standing across from each other. But like from the perspective of somebody who cannot see stands. <laughs> I always thought it would be really funny to just imagine what Jojo fights from the perspective of someone who can't see stands. Like you're just watching these two people standing next to each other and then just suddenly their noses start bleeding and like, yeah. their faces get crushed. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Which I guess is kind of uh, the experience of some of the characters in this manga when ghosts show up, too. That is true, because not everyone can see ghosts, but then they're like, the ghost is so powerful, even I can see it. That was interesting. At the very end, like when the final boss ghost shows up, literally everyone in the area is like, yo, what is that giant thing? Oh, actually, can I talk about this for a second? This is a miscellaneous thought, so you can talk about whatever you want. The giant kaiju fight between giant face baby and giant biker gang man. That was kind of cool. (laughs) Yeah. Like the giant hands from like the big baby who it's a titan. It's it's a titan from attack. on. Yeah, it's a titan. You just see like the massive hand of the biker guy come in and grab his hand. and, And yeah, it was cool. It was very, like, over the top and dumb, but, like, in a very fun way. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Maxi B has some thoughts where they said Ginan looks such like a niche character that I'm surprised I can't find anything about him helping out on that series. Even the monsters look a little bit like something you could see in Moyo and Roji. Possible inspiration. I have no idea what either of those series I are. I have no clue. Do you? I'm going to keep my words to myself oh. for a moment because that's actually something that I had in my oh. notes. Oh, <laughs> no. I'm so really? sorry. No, 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 you're fine, you're fine. What is the series like? Oh, Muyo and Roji is another uh, Shonen Jump series that's very, like, uh, supernatural mystery type thing. But uh, I I think it does that premise a lot better than this one. Many manga do this premise a lot better than this. Have you ever heard of Detective Conan? <laughs> I'm actually a big fan of Conan. Conan would probably be better uh, if uh, Kaka was there, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I wonder what ChatGPT would draw if you said Detective Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> oh my god. If I Googled that right now, I bet I could find a ton of fan art. Like, yeah. Or, or Detective Conan O'Brien, you know, like, you just find a bunch of stuff. Well, that just actually happened in real life. Really? They had a feud. Oh, I didn't know that. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Conan O'Brien was like, I mean, it was a like a tongue-in-cheek thing, but he was like, wow. I think that Conan O'Brien had a feud with the fictional character (laughs) of Detective Conan. (laughs) He was like, wow, I I can't believe in Japan they're talking about like this Conan guy. He's like stealing all my popularity in Japan. And then he actually went there and like went to Conan Town where they have all like the statues of Detective Conan characters and was like, well, we've made peace. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. By the way, they also say it rips off Death Note 2. So clearly the author loves mid-aughts, weekly shonen, jump horror t- titles, and Tucker has a very important message in his notes that I wanted to read off. S-C-F-A-S-F-D-F-A-S-D-F-S-F-A-S-D-F. Home row smash. Beautiful. Wonderful. 
And then did you folks have any other miscellaneous thoughts? I know, Marcy, uh... you had some notes, but was that the main thing that you wanted to talk about here? Oh, well, that, uh, that's something I'm saving for my recommendations. Oh, no! <laughs> Delete that, Dylan. No, just kidding. You remember how, like, that, that dude who's blind, like, uh, was able to copy down an IP address and uh, login credentials just by hearing a guy tapping on, like... Oh, yes. That was really funny. Well, he cited, like, a study where it said apparently has 90% accuracy. Yeah, like, yeah, did somebody look that okay. up to see if that can actually be done? I was waiting for the twist to be like, you know how there's alternative layouts in QWERTY? <laughs> and it just coincidentally has a completely different but legible message. Well, are you telling me that, like, Blackberries had, like, touch tones? What? No, he was saying that physically that each different button on the phone made a different noise. And using his daredevil superpowers, he could tell. Apparently, yeah, Daredevil fucking ass powers right there. Also, I country? <laughs> the fuck was I country? I think they just like meant like America or something. I no, because they mentioned the USA in another thing. Like, it's definitely Israel. Oh, God, it is oh. Israel. Holy shit, it's Israel. Because like the diplomat's name was like Ariel something. Like, yeah. Oh, oh my God, it was Israel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God, I just blew Jordan's mind. So mad. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then you know what I'm mad about? What? What? Having to have read this manga. So let's get to the final verdict. <laughs> All right. Boiler <laughs> alert of what I thought of it. So kicking things off from the community, we have some sex word summaries from Maxi B, a false detective with false promise. So maybe that SDF was Tucker's sex word summary, because unfortunately, otherwise, <laughs> I don't think they provided me one. I think. Yeah. Thor's Kaka and the Fart Detective. Bam. Nice. Portal Man, Sherlock Holmes was a Ghostbuster. Dude Rocks, we would have been better without the time skip. And he wants to specify the one from when he was a kid to a teenager, not the one at the very end, where he ambiguously marries someone. Oh, yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Where you're yeah, like, what? How's your wife doing? Yeah, she's like, I can't believe a guy with a terrible personality like you is about to get married soon. They don't tell you who he's getting married to. Dun, dun, dun. It could be one of the two girls, I guess. Yeah, or he just marries the panty thief. <laughs> Fucking. I actually thought it would have been interesting if she like had a lesbian awakening and didn't know what to do about it in like mid 2000s Japan. And that was like. That was really funny, actually. There's this part where they're talking about like, oh, somebody's been stealing panties. And it has to be Satoru because obviously no girl could be stealing someone's panties. They didn't invent lesbians yet. I would also like to point out, he just casually kind of walks in and is like, oh, hey, there's like a hidden camera in here. And he's like, well, whose camera is it? Well, the principal, obviously, he's been spying on all the girls. Oh, oh, <laughs> OK. <Yeah>. OK. <laughs> Okie dokie. All right. <laughs> And then from Yeti Phantasm Possessed PI Pursues Pityless Perpetrators from Diego MT. Shonen flopping makes me feel good. Nice. A spooky skelly has two. Use the spyglass, you dumbass. And you fool, I am the author. <laughs> from Cram, Detective Conan, but with zero spirit. T. Wolfwood, reference and paintings with some detectiving. Real, start a decent thing, kept getting worse. And Blamumu, Detective Phonin, and the expiration note. The expiration note's pretty good. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and then Marcy, what was your six or two? Ghost Battle Mystery with Identity Crisis was mine. Jordan, how about you? Detective story until author gets horny. True. And then I had to, this one, I struggled with the wording. So I thought I came up with a good wording where mine was stole Death Note and took the L. Mm -hmm. And ass pulls and ass shots galore. Not bad. Both very true. Thank you. Thank you. And then Marcy, is this a flop or not? 
Yeah, I wanted to like it more than I did uh, because there were a lot of individual elements that were pretty interesting, but ultimately they just didn't come together. It was it was like, you know, you made a big buffet for everybody and everything was just a little bit off. And then would you say this is a flop or a certified flop with a certified flop being like this is something you would use the word atrocious to describe? You regret ever having read it. I wouldn't call it atrocious. I would just call it bad. How about you, Jordan? Yeah, it's a flop. I wouldn't call it a certified flop. Uh... It vacillates from being decent to being bad. Like, again, philosophy school ghost stories was so fucking bad. Such a fucking mess. (laughs) It's a complete fucking nightmare. And that's like the worst version of this. Like, there are enough moments of competence in this that I can't call it certified. Mm. This is to philosophy school as this manga is to Death Note. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> and also, the author does have like some successful stuff, apparently. So it's like he's got two manga going on right now at the same time. So I, I guess, you know, he's capable. <laughs> what a Chad. Yeah, Jesus. And then for me, likewise, I would agree this was a flop. Not very good. See how we rank this in a month or so, Jordan. And then uh, Marcy, since you said the series was a flop, what would you recommend someone check out instead? I have a few for different sort of like aspects. Uh, if you if you preferred the straight mystery aspect of the manga, obviously check out Detective Conan if you haven't already. <laughs> it's basically what just... about the gay mystery aspect. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I actually wrote uh, that if you lean more towards the supernatural aspect that you should check out Muyo and Roji's Bureau of Supernatural Investigation by Yoshiyuki Nishi. I feel like you and Maxi B are going to be best friends after they hear this part. Pretty good. And also the art is sick. It's really it's really awesome. And then finally, um, my final recommendation, if you like those two aspects sort of more melded together, this isn't a manga, but it is a 2011 anime by Studio Bones called Ungo. It's not like the best in the world, but I think it does that sort of idea a little bit better than this. Mm -hmm. That's fair. How about you, Jordan? So, Marcy, you're probably thinking, oh, this is a manga podcast. I'm going to recommend anime and manga. Well, whatever. I'm going to (laughs) recommend Twin Peaks. Hell yeah. yeah. Twin Peaks. Very, very good choice. Mighty slice pie of of pie. That's a mystery series, uh, if you don't know, made by David Lynch. And yeah, it's too crazy to describe in like five seconds. <laughs> so we're just going to play Laura Palmer's theme over this part of the podcast. Oh, please. Dylan, if you, see if you can get the rights to it. <laughs> yeah, get the yeah. rights to it from Mark Frost. And then to mine, I was originally going to recommend World of Horror, which is like got a very similar yeah. visual style, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. I've recommended it before, but I also this is unrelated. I just want to recommend The Last Ronin, which is essentially it's the Dark Knight Returns of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, interesting. It's set in kind of like a cyberpunk world where all but one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have died. Oh. And he's trying to like get revenge on their deaths. That's not a spoiler, by the way. It's literally like the first page. Well, you know, David, that's not that shocking because uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles started out as a parody of Sin City. Yeah. Hey, there you go. I think it's been a while since we talked about how the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tie into the origins of Daredevil. Oh, yeah, that's true. Those turtles <laughs> he was carrying when he got the ooze hit on him that made him blind. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they the were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> All right. But Jordan, is this the best or worst series we've ever talked about? Neither. Ah, all right. Well, with that, let's go to shout outs. I want to say, Marcy, thank you so much for being on the show. It has been an absolute blast. Where can our wonderful listeners find all the wonderful things you do? Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for having me so much. This has been a lot of fun. Aww. 
my YouTube channel is Nezmi VA. That's N-E-Z-U-M-I-V-A. Uh, I make really long video essays, so uh, hopefully those will be of some interest. Um, and I'm basically just Nezmi VA on all social media platforms as well. We'll definitely be sure to link it in everything. I also want to say, Jordan, thank you so much for making the opening anything and being a great co-host and helping with editing. And thank you, David, for uh, all the editing that you do and putting the show together and just, you know, being, being you. Thank you for being a friend. You know? Oh, yeah. I can't believe the Golden Girls Persona crossover. The Golden Girls Persona video game is coming out soon. The what? The Golden Girls Take Manhattan and it's a Persona style game about the Golden Girls. I did not see this. I am not joking. Go look it up. Persona 4 Golden Girls. Oh, shit. <laughs> shit. That's probably <laughs> what the name of the project was. All right. I also want to give props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover. Find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thank you, Dylan, for assistance with editing. Find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeOutOfContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at ShonenFlopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get our podcast. We're almost at 1,000 YouTube subs come. If we hit a we'll do an extra special Q&A. We've got like 150 questions that we need to get through, so it's a good chance to do that. Jeez. And speaking of that note, come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's where you can post your questions in your six-word summaries, and you can just talk to us about whatever's on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We wouldn't be able to keep the show running without their awesome support. We are getting, we are $30 short of our next goal, which is really exciting, and you get a lot of awesome perks, including Jordan what did we drop in March for our wonderful patrons? That would be our second part of our dive into Magushan, featuring the incredibly talented Trey Watson of uh, of Chainsaw Minute title read fame. Mm-hmm. And also YouTube guitarist fame, which is what they usually do. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Trey is awesome. They even let us use um, their cover of Kickback as our new theme song for the Chainsaw Minute, which is our weekly podcast on Chainsaw Man. But it's not actually weekly. I lied. It's whenever Fujimoto puts it out, you know. You can even be listening to our recordings live or listen to our warm-up audio. Find it at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And I'm now going to read off some of our wonderful patrons. Starting with our Chainsaw Man patrons, we have Dude Man Bro Guy. He beaded he her shamelessly, making her squeal like Ned and hallucinate like Warren. And T-Root. Jesus. Moving on down to my favorite tier, the Ravioli tier, where for $10 a month, you get pictures of my dog. We have Chris, Eva, Istrafont, Karate Chopsticks, our latest patron. Rachel, my wonderful fiance. My adorable Rachel fact this week is I had always told Rachel that for Passover, my dream was to do chocolate fondue for dessert because I feel like that's like the perfect thing for Passover. So for those who aren't aware, it, that's the Jewish holiday where you can't eat bread. So it really limits your dessert options. So I figured fondue is perfect because there's no bread in any of it. Mm. And she surprised me yesterday with a fondue kit. Aww. Oh, that's so nice. I know. Isn't she just the best? We also have Scarlett Meerman and Trevor Schechner. Moving on down to the King of the Force, we have 090Z, Albie Graham, Shala Florain, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Kevin Briggs, Maji Knights, Marty, Max Baker, T, The Real Jory, The BB Kim, BB The, Tommy Boyd, and Tracking Roving Animals for All Loving Girls and Raccoons Wolfwood. Yes. Thank you all so much for being our wonderful patrons. We could not do it without you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then, Jordan, is there anything you want to add? I finally put out the next episode of Mission Ignition. Woo! Featuring Chip Cheesum. Oh my god, we recorded Ooh. that. We recorded that over a fucking year ago. Oh. This aligns with my interests. You're a chiphead? A chippy? I am. Yeah. I thought they were called Cheesemites. Oh, cheeseheads. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one might already be taken. Possibly by the Packers. Um, yeah, the state of Wisconsin is going to sue. 
are you familiar with the uh, 90s TV show Vampires? V-A-N-P-I-R-E-S. Don't believe so. Yeah, nobody is. Why would they? It's fucking terrible. But listen to my podcast <laughs> about it. Uh, Mission well, yeah. Ignition. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> All that's left now is going to sign off. So let's do it. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we get our first thoughts on champagne. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Marcy. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Hey, keep on flopping floppers. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. 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 <laughs>